at AbundantLifeLV.org. Or you can give us a call at 647-2627. Before Pastor Liwar speaks to us today, we have a special song of meditation from Tiana Lewis, one of our students at Oakwood University. And after Tiana sings to us today, the next voice you'll hear is that of our youth pastor, Pastor Russell Lewars. Thank you. Um, happy Sabbath, everyone. Um, today I'm going to sing a song to you. And um, while I'm singing, I just want you to really think about the words and, and just meditate on them. Because um, as we all know, um, Michael Jackson passed away this week, as among others. And I'm sure when he woke up that morning, he didn't know he was going to die that day. And I just want you to think about if you knew you were going to die, would you, would you sit in church as though somebody forced you to be here? Would you not give him praise? Would you not thank him for creating us, for, for the fact that salvation is free, for the fact that we're still here for some reason, and he didn't take us that morning when he took him? So I just really want this to speak to you, and I just hope that somebody's blessed. you 
church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, church. Jesus, say a prayer for me. Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf with groanings that cannot be heard. Means that we got more on our side than we believe. I want to thank all the youth who participated today. Amen. And it's no coincidence that all of them uh, have gone through college or some are still in college. And I know some are anticipating going back to college uh, uh, to study, hone their skills so that they can serve humanity and do a work for God. I want to thank Rosa for putting up with me. Amen. And my shenanigans. Uh, well, thank you. If you turn your Bibles at this time uh, to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians, the sixth chapter, book of Ephesians. Go there with me on this youth day. Special welcome to our KKVV listeners. You know, we love to study the Bible here at Abundant Life. We're not just, we don't just get you excited, but we love the word. Amen. So if you turn your, are you there with me, Ephesians? Say amen if you found it. Amen. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and I will read verse 10 to 13 in your hearing. The Bible says, Finally, my brethren, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Finally, my brethren, as all of us, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Paul says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. I want to talk to you today 
a little bit on the subject angels and demons angels and demons armor up angels and demons armor up pray with me oh God I'm here standing in your pulpit to speak to your people fill me mold me Lord Lord may someone here be transformed be changed and be saved for we pray it in the name of Jesus let the church say Amen this youth day what would I share with the youth of abundant life what word would God give me to share with the youth of abundant life and the church at large and I thought about it and I prayed about it and I prayed about it and the Lord I believe led me to one of my favorite passages in the Word of God Ephesians and as I thought about the involvement of angels see angels and demons angels there's no difference between the angel and the demon it's one and the same the only difference however is that one is on the other team on the other side and when I considered the challenges that our youth face here in Las Vegas in Sin City this part of the world and I considered the fact that wherever I go whether I'm in Canada the Caribbean Michigan wherever West Coast East Coast Seventh-day Adventist youth experience just the same thing they look the same way they act the same way they face the same challenges right across the world not just here in Las Vegas I was reading recently and I found out that on September 2007 Daniel you may have heard the story 16 sneaked out of his bedroom window purchased the violent video game Halo 3 yes Halo 3 against his father's wishes when he returned from the store which will remain nameless cuz you know don't want to be sued amen his parents took the game from him the video game his father mark a minister at the New Life Assembly of God in Wellington took the game away locked it up in, in a closet where he also kept a nine millimeter handgun about a month later searching frantically 
must get that video game, must have it, gotta have it. Daniel found it. Daniel used his father's key to open the lockbox, removed not only the game, but the gun. Having his heart's desire, no, my precious youth of abundant life, having his heart's desire, Daniel asked his parents to close their eyes because he had a surprise for them. So, Mark, the father and mother, as they sat on the love seat, closed their eyes. Mark, expecting a pleasant surprise, because your kids tell you to close your eyes, you close your eyes, right? Right. But then Mark's head went numb as blood poured from a bullet wound in his head, he realized while going down, slipping away, Susan, his wife of 43 years, lay dead on the nearby love seat, shot in the head, arms, and chest. Daniel fled the scene. Daniel leaving the home took the game and the family van and left. Of course, it wasn't too long after that the police caught up with him. And I said to myself, now, what could possess you to take, try to take out both your parents? Well, one thing I know, these parents did not know the effects of violent video games on the psyche of teens. And I go teens because I know we have some preteens playing them too. Now, a recent study of children in their early teens found that almost a third played who played video games daily and that 7% played at least 30 hours a week. What is more, some of these games being played like Mortal Kombat and Marvel vs. Capcom and Doom are very interactive. Not like the old stuff like Pac-Man. You remember Pac-Man? Yeah! You remember Pac-Man? We used to play Pac-Man. No, I didn't have a chance to play Pac-Man because where I, where I grew up, you had to change your school clothes. Uh, <laughs> We wore uniforms to school, Elder White. So we couldn't just step up in the games room. Uh, we had to carry an extra change of clothes. And certainly, my mom, I couldn't do anything without her knowing. But you remember Pac-Man, and these games today are not the same thing like Pac-Man. In fact, in fact, in these games, you can pick up a prostitute, wreck a car, kill an officer, a police officer, a cop, and the video game industries even put signs like real life violence on there and violence level not recommended for children under the age of 12 on the box, uh, uh, box covers 
arcade fronts, and even on the game CDs themselves. Now, today, you don't even have to buy the thing. You can step up in the store, and they have it free for you to get your Guitar Hero on for free to hook you. Another study by Karen E. Dill, PhD, and Craig A. Anderson, PhD, violent video games, they say, were considered to be more harmful, increasing aggression than violent movies or television shows due to their interactive and engrossing nature. It was found that students who reported playing more violent video games in junior and high school engaged in more aggressive behavior. So you probably why little Tommy is acting so weird lately when you got him the little Christmas gift. Because he got to have it, mom, I need it. So you break, you give it to him. Well, They go on, they say the time spent playing video games in the past were associated with lower academic grades in college, which is a source of frustration for many students, a potential cause for danger, anger, and aggression. There is, I want to say, a conspiracy going on. A conspiracy. A behind-the-scenes melodrama of significant proportions and our youth are smack right in the middle it's it, it goes beyond what's happening with North Korea you know they're threatening to wipe the US off the face of the earth it goes beyond the trampling of human uh, basic human rights in nations across across the globe it's deeper than a box office hit, a blockbuster, if you please. We are surrounded by that which operates on the hard, cold facts of terabytes and Twitter. While the magnitude of the spiritual warfare is downplayed, people of God are branded as fanatics, mystics, and the great controversy is played out before our eyes as a fantasy. I hear people even telling me these days, <laughs> kids are telling me, Pastor, you know, all I need to do is just accept Jesus in my heart and I'll be saved. I'll be saved. I don't need to be baptized. And John 3, 5 to me is very clear. I tell you the truth, Jesus says. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Seems clear to me. Well, are we aware, are we really aware of the intensity of the battle waged over our souls today? Are we? Are we aware? It's a question sometimes I got to ask myself. But Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the devil and his angels. You remember, let's talk. 
Remember how, how your kids love morning devotion? That's if you have it, but... Remember how the kids love morning worship and memorizing scripture like this morning, amen? And, and reading scripture in church, love being daddy's little girl or boy. Come on, parents. Until they touch grade eight. <laughs> yeah, grade eight. And adolescence kicks in. It's not only challenging for the parents, you know. Adolescence is challenging even for the pastor. Five minutes ago, talking to a youth, they're doing well. Great. Excited. Five minutes later, they have a strange spirit come over them. Like a, like a, a spirit takes over. And you're wondering if this is your child. Is this my little girl? Who would love to call me daddy? My little boy who would jump on my lap. I observe it so often. Right here at Abundant Life. Everything turns upside down at a certain point in that experience of that child. And if you are not prepared, if you are not prepared, you are in a serious situation. Now, how about the young adults? The ones that are missing from the Adventist church all around the globe. So we can hold them children's church, right? We can hold them, hold them. When they touch college and they're still in town, still in town, they haven't gone off and stayed there. But you can't seem to find them in church. I praise God for those who stay. I praise God for those who hang on no matter what. Here with Jesus, willing to do some service and to, to do ministry, just can't get enough. And will not uh, sacrifice or settle for average. How about it, young adults, when sex before marriage, you know, consider it a sin? And if you're living together and you're not married, it's still shacking up. What about that? Hopefully you're not taking your cues from the politicians. You, you're not doing that. Praise God you're not because have mercy, Lord. In two weeks, two cases of top-ranking politicians confessing infi in infidelity in less than two weeks? We would love to blame the hormones. But could there be more? Could there be more at stake? Could there be more involved? Could it be more than meet the eyes? Of course, we are responsible for our decisions, but it's imperative, though, I propose to you this morning that we understand there are supernatural forces at work 
angels versus demons and we are between. Now Ephesus, Ephesus, where are we reading? Ephesus, Paul is writing to them. Ephesus is no different than our times. Tell you about Ephesus. Ephesus had its clubs. Ephesus had its casinos. Ephesus had its shopping malls. This pagan city was filled with immoral, negative influences, but Christians lived there. People worshipped the goddess Diana, and there had to be sex slaves to service the ceremonial prostitution, but Christians lived there. And Paul is writing to them, saying, look, you got to hold the guard. Can't just be swallowed up by what's around you. Hold the family. By the cesspool of negative emotional and physical environment, Christians are encouraged to be faithful. Can it be done? Amen. Well, Paul wants us to know today, and I'm sharing with you, that it is what it is, and there are no excuses for dabbling in sin. Give all the press conferences you want. You cannot talk or cry away the pain or the consequences of sin. This is war. Some of the older mothers in the church and fathers, you know it's war. You know where you have been. <laughs> and you know what God has brought you out of. War, a spiritual warfare, a real enemy, and his game plan is simple, not sophisticated or complex. Very simple. Destroy all who oppose his hellish devices. Is there a way, I'm asking, of sexting and date rape on and off college campuses? Is there a way to stem the tide of 13-year-old 13, uh, 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 13 pregnancies and venereal diseases. 13. Did you have that talk yet? Ah, with your preteen? Oh, you don't think? They're not ready? <laughs> oh, all right. Is there a way to barricade yourself from the lure of drugs in our high schools? I'm glad I got good news. The Bible declares there is a way out of the cesspool. There is a way out for parents. There is a way out for our youth here at Abundant Life. There is a way out for our youth in North America. Seventh-day Adventist youth can still stand in these times. Understand? Know it well? It's still the rogue angel. That rogue angel, Lucifer. He is responsible for this global crisis that the world has been plunged in. Now look, if he deceived Eve into disobedience... If he's more adept, more skillful now, what makes us feel 
that he and his co-terrorists are not only conspiring, but actively wiping out families, possessing people, and particular Christian families and lives. Now, if you are with him, you don't have a problem. Uh, if you don't oppose his devices, the things he creates, you don't have a problem. But if you find yourself on the other side, where the saints are, you are in a deep problem, my friends. The Bible says that the devil accuses believers before God day and night. Revelation 12.10. So if there is a blur of some kind over your eyes or, or some reason you are sleeping or you're unaware, I submit that you clear your eyes and your minds right now. Because he's not playing games with us. Bible tells us Daniel saw 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. One-third of the heavenly hosts against us. Daniel 7.10. The angel that appeared at the tomb of Jesus caused an earthquake and they, the men by the tomb, the Bible says in Matthew 28.3-4, became as dead men. Matthew, uh, an angel of, of the Lord, took out 185 thousand Assyrians in one night. One false swoop. 185,000 dead. Second Chronicles 32, 21. It is a good thing we are not alone in this warfare. Just as God sent angels to deliver Lot from Sodom, to deliver Elijah from hunger, deliver Elisha shut in by his foes, deliver Daniel from the lions, deliver Peter from prison, and stand by Job during his trials, there are angels holding back the winds of strife about to break upon the world. I know some of us talk to our angels, our guarding angels. Um, I know you do that already. I do, I <laughs> You know, I talk to my angel. You know, wouldn't you like to see your angel? Amen. Yeah, I'd like to see my angel. You know, I know he has seen everything that I've done. <laughs> Mostly bad, but I'm sure he has some good there written down. I'd love to see my garden angel. I'm glad today that they are more with us than they that are against us. Without the Lord on our side, this morning, this afternoon, where would we be? Hebrews 1 verse 14 says, Angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation, but they will not make up your minds. That, my friends, is left upon you and I to do. Hmm? Praise God, angels can't read our minds. Can you imagine if he could? How many times you have wiped out people in your minds? Oh, you've never done that, huh? And no college students have done that. 
When you thought you got an A and you got a D or a C, or you failed, and you know it's not your fault, what kind of thoughts come to your mind? May God bless this professor. <laughs> May the Lord be with him. Multiply his blessings. How about that? Hmm? Do you pray for the policeman who pulls you over? Officer, it's nice to see you. May God richly bless you after you get your $150 ticket. Do you do that? What if the devil could really read your mind? I'm glad he can't read my mind. I'm, I'm glad that, 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 that the, only, the only one who knows my thoughts is the living God of heaven. They can walk through walls, open prison doors, uh, roll back two ton stones, appear, disappear, but they can't read your mind. The devil made me do it. Really? Let's look at Acts 5. Go to the book of Acts briefly there. I want to show you something real right there. Acts chapter 5, 3 and 4. Turn with us. Acts chapter 5, 3 to 4. I want to show you something uh, that, that it's not, the devil does not read our minds. Angels don't read our minds. Huh? Let, let's look at Acts 5. The Bible says, this is a good example. The Bible says that Peter, but Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Verse 4, while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. See that? It's in your mind. You created this in your mind. But what makes demons so, so successful? How do they get to possess individuals? How? How do fallen angels, why are they so, so successful in getting at us? Well, Satan, I must tell you, has a lot of experience with us. Thousands of years of experience watching us learning from us. He knows your habits. And if he can keep you mesmerized by the things that tickle your fancy, the things you dig, the things that make you tick, you are pretty much his property. I've encountered lots of youth wherever I go. And they say, Pastor, you know I have a weakness for the sweetness. I got sexual lusts. But I say to them, what's on your iPod? What's on your iPod? What's on your phone? What's on your phone? The, the song's on your phone. What's, what's on your computer, your hard drive? What's on your social network pages? How's your MySpace looking? Your Facebook, how is that coming along? So you check it, check the list, the song list, and you notice 
that right there you find raw, sexually charged, and you say you don't know why? When you sleep, eat, digest garbage. In season and out of season. When we continue to inoculate or numb our minds with, with junk, what we do is we simply silence the Holy Spirit. Shut up! I don't want to hear what you got to say. Now you think the Holy Spirit is going to try to fight with you, jump over your head, tear... We silence the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. What can we do? 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Go there, look at it. I want you to see this. I need you to see this. I'm waiting. Paul says, We, you want to know how to get over? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Everything that doesn't line up with the word of God, you have to set it aside. It didn't stop there. He says, and we take captive every thought to make. How many thoughts? Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And James swallowed up and said, hey, resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. Yes, there are angels and demons and we better armor up. Asking me what you can do? Well, turn, turn to your study guides. I got some work for us today. Turn to your study guides. You have them in your bulletins. Turn to your study guides. It says angels and demons armor up. And we are going to make this available on our website at www.abundantlifelv.org. Let's have some fun. Let's have, let's have some fun. Are you, do you have your study guides? Say amen. Amen. Anybody need a study guide? We got the uh, ushers right here. Got one there. Please, everybody. We got those on the platform doing the musicians we have them doing they got their study guides too please quickly quickly we want to get this we want to get everybody active see my my musician right here he needs one right here my musician needs one here's my musician don't leave my musician out he's very important you know he makes sweet music amen all right there we go all right Okay, everybody served? Amen. All right. Now, let's go. Let's go. I love this. 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4.1. Paul is talking about angels and demons. And he's talking about their effect on us. And what does he say? Paul predicted that in later times, some will what? Abandon. Put that in. Abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. And things taught by demons. Did you put that in? You did. Wonderful. Let's move on. The Great Controversy. The Great Controversy. One of my favorite books. It says, quote, None are in greater danger from the influence of evil spirits. Are you writing? 
influence of evil spirits than those who, notwithstanding the direct and ample testimony of the scriptures, deny the existence and agency of the devil and his angels. So long, abundant life, those listening at home. So long as we are ignorant, ignorant of their wiles, they have almost inconceivable advantage. Many give heed to their suggestions while they suppose themselves to be following the dictates of their own wisdom. Page 516. So you say, you say, Pastor, I prayed about it. I know the Lord is leading me. When really what you're doing is you're heeding to your own suggestions. You plan it in your mind. You worked it up. You designed it. And then you asked the Lord to bless it. Be very careful with that. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four 24 says, Are you there with me? Though he is really the prince of darkness, Satan successfully presents himself as an angel of light. Very good. Go back to the great controversy. Quote, we carefully secure our, hose, our houses rather, with bolts and locks. Now, you know, we don't use bolts and locks these days, do we? We use ADT alarm systems. I'll put that in there because that's what we use to protect our property and our lives from evil men. But we seldom think of evil angels who are constantly seeking access to us. They're constantly seeking what? Access to your home, to your life, to your child. And against whose attacks, who attacks we have in our own strength, no method of defense. On our own, we are no match. GC 517, you got it. Want to know how to battle through the onslaught of temptations, to stand through the onslaught of temptations? Well, Matthew 4, 1 to 11. Matthew 4, 1 to 11, we find Jesus there three times. Three times he's attacked by the devil, that serpent, Satan. And three times Jesus responds to him with the word. With the what? The word. Three times victorious. Jesus says, it is written. Who shows up when you're at your physical weakest and worst? Huh? When you're down and out. When you're physically, you're burdened financially. There's someone who comes there to give you the right in your head to take you down. When you're physically down, he's come to finish you off. Three furious assaults against him in the desert. And for all three, Jesus has one reply. It is? It is written. Matthew 4, 4 says, It is written in Deuteronomy 8, 3, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? Word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When, quote, when there is no special effort made to resist his power. Some people tell me they want purity, but they don't want to do anything. You want purity, but check your song titles. Check your iPod. You got to cleanse them, you know. Format if necessary. You got to do something. You got to step up. And, and stand up and do something about it. God can't do for you. No angel is going to do for you what you can do. 
for yourself. So, when indifference prevails in the church and the world, Satan is not concerned for he is in no danger of losing those whom he is leading captive to his will. GC 518. Great controversy. The strategic point, friends, in the heat of the spiritual battle and in the face of nearly overpowering temptation, what do you do? Do you call mommy? Do you call daddy? Who do you call? Jesus seizes a solitary strategy. He quotes, memorize the scripture. Now if you don't memorize scripture, what are you going to quote? What are you going to say? Nobody memorizes scripture anymore, do you? Hmm? Put it another way. The Bible says, thy word have I what? Yes, that's it. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119 and 11. Let's go on. Critical, watch this. Youth, young people today, I hope you're following. Critical to your success in spiritual warfare are the study of scripture and a consistent life of prayer can't succeed without studying the word whole week you haven't touched the word no prayer thank you for the food Lord amen that's it thank you for getting me home bless the Lord and you want to do battle with who quote Satan well knows that all whom he can lead to neglect prayer and searching of the scriptures will be, not maybe, will be overcome by his attacks. Therefore, he invents every possible device to engross the mind. Video games, you name it, whatever it is that you do too much of, you're engaged in it, engrossed. You find 30 hours to play the game. You forego food. Mom, I don't want no breakfast. I'm good. And you work the game. But no time for the word. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who what? Fear him and he delivers them. I love that. Six ways, six ways to defuse the power of the enemy and win your spiritual battle. Six ways, six ways, power pack, six ways. Armor up, put on the full armor of God. Number one, number one, the belt of truth. Telling the truth. Hey, come on now. White lies, you say? A lie is a lie. L-I-E, lie. Sorry, sorry. Uh, um, uh, white lie, um, an inexactitude. Um, boil it down, still a lie. Tell the truth. Hmm? Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. Meaning right living for God in the light of right standing with God. 
gotta live right. Not our own righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. He covers our, our tacky garment or withholds with his robe of righteousness. Number three, the boots of readiness, always ready to share the gospel. Number four, the shield of faith. Hold up your shield. Hold up your shield of faith. Trusting the promises of God when the devil attacks. When you're overwhelmed, the shield of faith. God is going to help me. God has never left me. Even though this is overwhelming, he's still standing beside me. He's still with me. Number five, the helmet of salvation. Accept, watch this, accept that the penalty of sin was paid yesterday. The power of sin being broken today. The presence of sin being eradicated tomorrow. Accept it. God has done it for you. Number six. Yeah. Number six. Break out the sword now. That's right. Get the sword ready. The sword of the spirit. Memorize scripture passages which we quote when attacked by the devil. Precious promises of God. If you don't have anything up there, what are you going to do? Now you're listening to talk show hosts telling you how to live your life. Not calling any names. You know them. Daytime drama telling you how to live your life. Listening to philosophers, book club people. When you have it right here, the word of God, and you put it in your mind. And so, so, when, so when the devil possessed one of the saints, and they come, and they erupt in your little world, and they invade your personal space, you don't erupt too. Because you understand that's the spiritual warfare. You understand that sometimes we are puppets being moved around. So you are not led down the road to lose your salvation. If you read the word, but you do not heed the word, it will absolute, it is absolutely, it will be absolutely worthless to you. So we can know it, read it, put it in our minds. But if we don't put it into practice, it makes no sense. We must armor up, Ephesians 6:12, for we struggle, don't forget it. For we struggle, our struggle rather, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are able to stand firm when our day of evil comes. Not if our day of evil comes, but when it comes, you got your shield, you got your sword, you got your boots of readiness, you got your breastplate of righteousness, you got the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation. You are covered. Armor up, Paul says, because God's love is indescribable. Because God's grace is uncontainable because God's power is untamable 
this is it this is it and as I said this is it remember a month ago I remember a month ago pop legendary king of pop said he said as I watched on CNN he said this is it this is it the final curtain call this is it and I heard the commentator this lady news analyst said ah, people do that all the time these pop stars they do that so Michael Jackson what he's doing there he's trying to sell tickets and I said well that may be true that may be true well I saw my mom I remember her listening to the Jackson 5 I followed for years idolizing this man I saw him leave from off the wall and went to Thriller he left bad and he went dangerous he left dangerous and he went invincible left invincible and now forever this is it the final curtain call but he did not know it he did not know it I want to ask you today the world is talking about it so I want to ask you about it a man idolized I idolized as a youth I've seen grown men cry women rip their hair out and as a child we all screamed well for me I know bought all his cassettes huh? and we all worshipped him we adored him worship oh it's not it's not worship oh really until I learned later in life that there is only one 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 in this world and beyond that deserves our homage our adoration our praise our tears one and I learned shot a heart attack and it's sad it's sad because as I think about it as I think about it I ask the question now I'm not God but I say to myself I say to my wife I say you know what's so sad about this is he saved You know, I saw Al Sharpton, and I know I'm on tape, but I saw him, and, and, and I heard him talk about this man, and not once, not once during his whole televised conference did he talk about his connection to God. 
preacher, not one time. And I asked a question to my wife. I said, do you think he's saved? Well, I know what he was planning in the future. 50 concerts, $400 million. So he was planning 50 more conferences in my mind, worship time. 50 more opportunities to worship and adore. I'm asking you the question. I'm asking the youth the question. Where do you stand with your Jesus this time? Can you say this is it? The final curtain call? And you know that you're in right standing with God? Can you? You can, you know. I, I can tell you this. You can. You can, if you have accepted Jesus in your heart and you have surrendered your life to him.